Hey, this is Matt Edmondson, e-commerce entrepreneur and podcaster. Listen, if you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories and inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. I want to welcome you to today's episode. I have a gentleman here who's based in the UK. His name is Matt Edmondson, and Matt is the CEO of Orion Digital. He's very well-versed in the e-commerce, and he is an e-commerce entrepreneur. His sites have generated over $75 million in worldwide sales, and he coaches. And his clients have combined turnover over $100 million. Matt also has his own podcast called the E-Commerce Podcast. Matt, a massive welcome to you to the show. Oh, thank you, Dennis. Great to be here. I'm enjoying yeah, this. It's um, first time talking to someone on the other side of the world in podcast format. So this is very exciting for me. Awesome. Where, whereabouts are you based? Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool, England. Yeah, Liverpool, England. Yeah. And of course, you support Liverpool Football Club? Of, of course. Of course. Actually, there's a funny story. You know, I went to university in the in the 90s and I chose Liverpool University. I, I, did, I wasn't born in Liverpool. Like I came to Liverpool in the early 90s. I chose the university not because of the grading of the school, not because of the outstanding structures, not really because of the core structure, if I'm honest with you. The only reason I chose the university was so I could be closer to Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> nice. So whole life about where he's going to go in life and career and then he thinks about the football club. That's awesome. Well done. Yeah, yeah, you put your football club first and everything else seems to take care of itself. Everything That's else will follow, yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very That's good. not a real-life motto, but it, it just happened to work out in this Yeah, occasion. Most people set the goal and everything will happen and go for it. Nope, I'm going to be near my football club and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So, Matt, I've given the listeners a little bit of a background about you. Tell me more about you. So I, like I said, live in Liverpool. I've been here, like I say, since the early 90s. I'm married to the most beautiful lady on the planet and happily married for over 20 years. My, I have three amazing kids. I still get on really well with my kids, have a great relationship with my kids. Um, so for me, that means I'm successful, I suppose, in a lot of ways. And yeah, I just, I love my life. I run uh, my own businesses. We do e-commerce, kind of stumbled into it by accident, as you do. It's funny you mentioned about most people, they want, they set a goal and they chase after it. That is, I could almost write a book called The Ungoal Life or something like that, because it's definitely not my story, at least not my usual story. Stumbled into e-commerce and built and sold my first e-commerce business in 2002. Fell in love with the whole thing. And here I am almost 20 years later still doing it. 
Well, that's that's awesome, man. So uh, yeah, maybe the goal, maybe the, the the book could be setting goals sucks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like your title better. Yeah, yeah. let's use that one. <laughs> mm. And so when you said um, you know about success in life and so forth, it's really amazing what success means to a lot of people. Uh, I worked for a guy when I was living in Greece for five years, a billionaire. Uh, had 30 companies under his group and things like that. But everywhere he went, he would have two bodyguards go beforehand for a couple of hours, checking things out. Had six guys around him all the time. Couldn't go to the bathroom without the guys going in and checking first. And I'm like, is that really success? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's really amazing. And, and then you talk about what you're talking about, about your kids and family life and things like that. And that is maybe six, success. And I'm like, Yep. I mean, it depends for everybody, but it's sometimes it's just the simple things in life that make you successful. It is. I think it comes down to clarifying what it is that's important to you mm. uh, and, and making sure that actually you succeed there first. Nice. It became apparent to me early on in my career, I wasn't, I was in my early 20s, and we have this thing in the UK called the Times Top 10 Rich List. Yep. And it lists out the, the wealthiest people in the UK. Well, at the time, I designed and installed quite luxurious health spas, you know, like saunas and steam rooms and things like that. This was sort of pre-internet days. And so I would spend a lot of my time designing spas and laying them out. And I got to know a lot of the people on the Times Rich List, on the Times mm. Top Rich List. In fact, at one point in time, a, a large chunk of them were in my mobile phone uh, and I could call them up and I would talk to them. I've been on their private jets. I've been in their very expensive ski chalets. I've been in their very expensive homes. I've seen art, which costs tens of millions of pounds on the wall. And do you know what? One of the things that was sort of common to all of them was none of them really succeeded where their family was concerned. Oh, and, I, wow. and it absolutely fascinated me. A lot of them had estranged kids or they'd been divorced many times. And it's like, I appreciated they'd worked hard and they succeeded from a wealth point of view. But for me, success is more than just about money. I have this thing, the sort of the five areas of my life that I look at, and that's just one of them. So I learned this very early on. It's not just about the money. You've got to succeed in other areas as well. And yeah, I, I'm glad I learned that lesson young. Let me tell you. Yeah. Wow. That, that's that's fascinating. And I think um, massive lessons for you and learning from, from those kind of people and stepping back and actually reflecting on you know their lives and so forth. But yeah, it's not always just about money. Hmm, interesting. How did you get into leadership? Again, I think it's more by more by accident. I I think fundamentally one of the, the lessons you learn in life very quickly is actually if you're going to do well in anything, you need to work with people. As much as, you know, the digital nomad, I can work by myself on a beach lifestyle appeals to a lot of people. The reality of it is if you want to build a company, you have to work with people. And so leadership then becomes one of those things that you have to do, you, you have to learn, you have to learn it. If you want to build a business, you have to learn it. If you want to build a family, um, you have to learn it. If you want to better yourself in any way, because self-leadership is one of those things that is, you know, a super important topic, mastery of self. So leading yourself, your family, your kids, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what sphere you're in sports, you know, talking about Liverpool football club, um, Liverpool Football Club is the epitome of phenomenal leadership right now. And so you've got to get on with people. You've got to work with people and you have to lead people if you want to achieve something more than just, you know, what you can do with your own skills and talents. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, and the, the football club is an example, and I think a lot of businesses, and even right down to family units, if I can put it that way, uh, if you see a well-oiled machine or a, an organization whereby it does come down to people and it goes really well and, and comes along, it's amazing where it goes and the, the performance, the productivity, the experience, the fun, the love, mm-hmm. all of that has been shared. It's really amazing to see how that comes along. When an organization or a family or something unit is not going well, it mm. really, really, really shows and sticks out. Yeah, it does. Mm, it does indeed. Now, you may have many of these people here, and it could be in those people, those rich listers that are on your on your mobile phone previously. This person could be alive or from history, but who's your favorite leader and why? Without getting too political or religious, I suppose, the, for me, historically, the most impactful leader in all of world history has to be Christ. Do you know I mean? For me, it's an undisputable fact. And so if there's one guy I could, I wish I could sit down and have a cup of coffee with, do you mm. know what I mean? Or, or, or enjoy a chippy lunch or something like that. It would be Jesus without any shadow of any doubt. And I, I think the spread of Christianity, both from, you know, it's good points and it's bad points. Don't get me wrong. I, there's lots of horror stories, but there's lots of great stories with it as well. For me, that, that's got to be the one. Mm. I mean, I'd love, don't get me wrong, I'd love to sit down with Churchill. I'd love to, do you know what I mean? There's certain people that I would really enjoy sitting down with that have sort of come through history's yeah. stories. But he, for me, Christ would be the one that I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's the first conversation I want to have. Conversation? What do you reckon you would ask? How did you take, in effect, what was 12 ordinary people and change the world history? And in fact, when you think about it, it wasn't really 12, it was 11, because one of them betrayed him. Hmm. And uh, you know what I mean? So you, you've got 11, some of whom we know a fair bit about from history, some of whom we know real very little about. But how did you take 12 ordinary people and lead them in such a way that the whole of history was subsequently changed? Because I, you know, today, you, the whole thing today in modern industry is you've got to hire the superstar, right? You've got to, you, you work in the digital industry. Well, I work in the digital industry and there is a massive emphasis on, on recruiting the best possible talent. You know, we go and get the best people and we'll pay the crazy salaries and we get the best people to offer the best service. Here was a mob where that didn't seem to happen. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was just regular Joes, regular. Or how do you turn ordinary people into extraordinary people? Yeah. And, and I thought that would be, for me, one of the key questions, Yeah, especially like it. as it relates to business. Yeah. Yeah. Turning ordinary people into extraordinary people, that that's that says a lot, huh? And so even think about a leader or an organization that might have 12 direct reports. One might leave. It's called the Great Resignation, Right turns mm-hmm. their back on them or goes off and starts a competitive organization. There's all sorts of, you can, you can sort of put that kind of same scenario and story around different areas as well. But I really like it, taking ordinary people and turning them into extraordinary people. And if you sometimes do that and in life, because I think sometimes, you know, what we should be doing is taking those kind of, those lessons and, and putting them into life. And if we step back, I mean, what I, one question I would like to have asked him was, how did he do that? I mean, it's, it was just, okay, we, you know, we, we read about it and, we, and, and so forth, but how did he do it and what was his sort of goal there and what he was trying to do? And, yeah, it's quite – sometimes I think, uh, Matt, just diving a little bit deeper into those kind of conversations mm-hmm. would be wonderful, eh? Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. I, um, I, I think it would be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I wonder who would pay for the bill. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, or I know, I know, I think it'd be you, right? I mean, I, 
Who cares? Yeah, I don't mind. I genuinely don't mind. I'll pay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's turning water into wine, in which case I'm out. You know, I there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, the show's called. The title of the show is called Leadership is Changing. And Matt, when when I mentioned that, what, what does that mean to you? I think it's a really interesting phrase because when I think about some of my billionaire friends that I've met over the years and their style of leadership. There's there's one particular guy, I won't mention his name, but there's one particular guy who I got to see his leadership style in very dramatic fashion. Do you know what I mean? And, and I could follow him around and I shadowed him at work and he was great and he mentored me a lot. But he was what you would call the command and control leader, right? right. He, he, he was very much in the detail. He was telling people what to do. He was telling people off at every opportunity. He had fear instilled in his staff. And because of his wealth and because of his success, the people put up with it. Do you know what I mean? They, they sort of, they thought he was fair, but no one ever wanted to lead like him, uh, which I thought was fascinating. And a lot of leaders, when I grew up, that was leadership. You know, we assumed that leadership meant I was in charge. And when I, it was one of the big wake up lessons when I started leading my own company. There's a wonderful lady that works with me. She's worked with me for as lo- almost as long as I've been running my businesses. Um, she's my right hand man, for want of a better expression, a lady called Michelle. She's brilliant. Totally, totally love the bones off this lady. Um, but she did not like telling me what to do. <laughs> and every now and again, I do say to her, Michelle, listen, I'm sure the last time I checked, I was the majority shareholder in this business. I don't care. And it was like, it's one of those, I think leadership no longer means being in charge in terms of I'm the boss and I'm going to tell you everything that you do. I think leadership is much more now about empowering people and about releasing people and about being humble and not being afraid that people are going to shine better than you and do better than you. And I don't think that was true when I started my entrepreneurial journey. I think, I think that's been a massive shift over the last 20 years. Um, so when, you know, your podcast leadership is changing, I think is a spot on title. Um, and I think there has been some massive changes, both in culture and society, certainly in the big five, you know, in uh, the UK, the States, Canada, New Zealand and Australia, you see these amazing shifts in, in leadership, style and structure. Uh, and, and you've got to run to keep up, I think. It's almost as fast as the changes in technology. And whether the two are linked, I don't know. But as technology has changed, I think leadership has evolved. Yeah, and I, and I see business, I see social from a social perspective, technology, leadership. It is moving so fast, really fast. Have you seen your industry or your business change much over the last, say, two or three, five years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Because e-commerce is, is a digital business and because of technology changes, Every two years, it looks completely different. And you, you have to have this mindset, which says what I'm doing now in two years time, I'm probably going to have to re either reinvent it or redo it or rethink it. Right. So uh, I say to businesses all the time, if you've got a website that's older than two years, you're already well out of date. Right. And it, it just is what it is. And I, I think we in all the e-commerce businesses that I've been in, and that I've run or that I've coached, there are timeless principles which have always remained, but there are tactics which change on a daily basis. Do you see what I mean? And so when you think about leadership, you can go back to the time of Christ and you can go back and say, well, actually, they must have liked him. They must have respected him. And so modern day leadership, if if you're leading and you have respect of people, that's a winner, right? That's a timeless principle. We love that. We think that works. Of course, what Christ didn't have is the tactics that I have available now, like 
simple things like Zoom or Slack, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or Trello or all of these productivity tools. So this is what I mean. The principles, I think some of the majority of the principles are consistent. The tactics, the, the way we achieve it, I think has changed quite a bit. Mm, yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah. And it's actually quite interesting to sit back and watch, and if, particularly if it's not not in your industry, because I mean, if it's not in your industry and you step back and look at other industries, you're a little bit, you, you don't have that, that bias, right? So you're a little bit looking mm. at it differently. But yeah, and it's quite interesting to see the different industries, the different organizations, the different way we do things, how it's changing. And yeah, and then, but it's going to change again in two years' time. You're right. I mean, we have to be on the go all the time in the sense of thinking about things. And do you, do you think that leaders, based on what you just said there about changing sort of every two years, how do leaders stay ahead of the curve? What what should they be doing to to ensure that they're going to stay ahead of the curve and understand where industry's going and, and, and so forth? I think for me, one of the things, I mean, I can't answer for everybody. And I think for me, what I can tell you is what I do is I have this desire to constantly learn. And I think... If I see success as a journey and not a destination, you know, that really old axiom, isn't it? That success is a journey, it's not a destination, is true. And that if I'm not growing, I'm, you know, what's that phrase? Stagnant water stinks. And you, you've got to have this mindset of growth. And you can call that what you like, you know, whatever works for you, you know, I've got to thrive. Or, or whatever the buzzword is at the moment, it basically talks about growth. I've got to grow physically in terms of I've got to, you know, exercise. I've got to grow mentally. I've got to grow spiritually. I've got to grow economically. I've got to grow in my relationships, you know, the five key areas of life. And if I'm experiencing growth in each of those areas, I think we do well. It's when we sit back and go, man, I've got this and rest on our laurels and that we struggle. Certainly when I, that's when I struggle. Um, and you, there's this real interesting tension between going, I'm good at my job and I'm good at, at, at what I do and feeling that confidence, but also being humble enough to go, I still need to grow and I still need to learn. And, you know, I, I think that you, you need both to make this work. And for me, I come across people who are too humble, who think they'll never be good enough. Um, and I come across people who are too arrogant, who think they are the mutts nuts. Um, but the people that I like, the people that I want to hang around with, the people that I want to follow, are the people where you see a good combination of humility um, and, you know, real security in who they are. Yeah, nice. So we live in a really fast-paced life that we're talking about already, and it's always ever-changing. What do you think that makes a leader successful today in that fast-paced, ever-changing world? You may have already tapped into it, but is there anything else you might want to add? There's a, there's a saying, isn't there? It's quoted or it's attributed to Margaret Thatcher. Whether actually Thatcher said it or not, I don't know. But she said, apparently, being a leader is a little bit like being a lady. If you have to tell people that you are, then you're not. And so, Jermaine, if you, if you have to tell people that you are one, then you're not. So I thought it was a very, very interesting statement. And Today, there are so many people who say, oh, I'm a leader, I'm the CEO, I'm this. And, you know, they give themselves all kind of grand titles, but there's no one following them. And I think, uh, you know, if you're successful at leadership, because people follow you fundamentally. And I'm not talking about Instagram followers. I'm not talking about likes on Facebook, although that might be part of your tribe and, and where you reach people. I'm not even talking about the size of your email list or your paycheck, but fundamentally are people following you? And I think that for me defines a good 
leader. You've got to have the balance, like I say, for me across these five areas, which again are economic health, relationship health, spiritual health, what I call soul health, my mind, my will, my emotions, and then body health, you know, how, how well I'm doing physically, how much rest I'm getting and all that sort of stuff. So I think you've got to have a good balance across all of those. But I think, and you've got to have that humility and you've got to have that self-confidence. But fundamentally, if you're a good leader, people will be following you. Mm. Simple as, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think a lot, a lot of times it's, uh, if you're out taking a walk and you turn around and people are following you, then you're a leader. But if you're not uh, and you turn around, there's no one there, you're just going out for a hike by yourself. Well, that sounds mm. but Actually, what I've just done, uh, I've just posted on Facebook that, you know, I've got all these people who follow me as friends and so forth on my personal profile. And I need to sort of, what I'm wanting to do is sort of make that number smaller and then grow it again, but with people who are, that I want to grow with and they want to grow with me and so forth. So I'm, I'm about to do that. And so I posted this just letting everyone know that, hey, I'm about to change this and going to reduce the numbers. And next minute, I've got all these people messaging me or putting comments and liking it that I've heard nothing from for years. And this is what they're saying. Uh, comments like "I'm loving your podcast," so inspiring. Hey, I I always love following you. You you you're so inspiring. I'm like, so sometimes what we do is we we do things, but we don't always know what we're doing because not everyone's telling you. And I'm not saying that we need to be there to, for people to tell us. I'm not saying that at all. But it's about sometimes we as leaders need to go and do things, but make, be careful what you're doing because in the sense that people are watching us all the time, we just don't know. That they're watching us, and it's and it's a part of that following as well, which I think is really important for us to think about. You and I have been talking about leaders and from through the lenses and so forth. If we flip flip that now and think about employees and look at their through their lens and so forth, how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? I think if you put it in the context of business and, you know, the nine to five, as in, you know, I'm going to work. When I started work, my understanding expectation of leadership is very different, I think, to what people have now when they go to work. And I think 20, 30 years ago, you had the mindset, I'm just lucky to have a job. And now the mindset is you're lucky to have me as a member of your team. Right. And I, I think it shifted. I think there's a massive shift um, that has happened, and both good and bad, if I'm honest. And so I think employees, especially, and I don't, can I just preface everything I'm about to say with, I know I'm stereotyping and I shouldn't, but at, at the moment, I can't think of a better way to do it. If you are an employee that is a millennial employee, you kind of grow up with this knowledge and understanding and you were always told that you would change history that you would you know and you dream it you can be it you know if you can dream it and conceive it you can have it all this sort of positive kind of reinforcement you know the tony robbins stuff the all this kind of you can have it you know you can totally succeed in whatever you do you're amazing you're a superstar and you see it on on talent shows all the time you know like britain's got talent and the, the parents bring their kids in and they sort of wheel them on and they go you know my daughter is amazing she's wonderful my dad told me i'm amazing i've got an amazing voice and that i make angels cry when i sing you know and and they do but for entirely the wrong reasons because you know dad never actually gave her a dose of reality and what we've seen in the workplace a massive thing we've seen in the workplace is of course the millennials they come to work and they and it's, there is the grind you know 90% of life is boring and they get there and they're not changing the world they're not changing history they're not special. They're not unique. They're just the same as everybody else in the workplace in some respects. And so there's this 
cataclysmic shift which has happened which says oh i must be in the wrong place and so they go and find another job and so where you go from people having jobs for like 20 30 years what is it now two three years on average before people move on again that's both good and bad i think and i know that this is you know not true for everybody but i think i think there's been a change i almost wonder whether the pendulum has swung too far from one side to the other but I think employees expect a whole lot more from leadership now. And it's no longer just about the paycheck. It's about the culture, which for me is a big one. Finding employees that match our culture is, is massive. It's not even about competence anymore. For me, it's not about hiring the superstars. It's about hiring people that fit our culture. Um, that's a big one for me. And I think if you can get employees that are a good cultural fit, They'll change your business for the better and they'll work hard and they'll have insights because I think, I mean, one of the benefits of the workplace shift is people feel like they can contribute more and that they can give more and that they have ideas and they should be heard and they could be heard. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I, I really like that. I do really like that. So I don't know if that answers your question, Dennis. I feel like I've just gone off on one there. No, I think you're spot on. Uh, you're so right. I mean, employees expect so much more from leaders now. You're totally right. And yeah, the expectation has been set for them. There's also the other side too, where I think that a lot of those, when I say those millennials are looking for people and they, they're not finding strong enough leaders either. And because they're actually hungry, they're wanting to learn. And yeah, you're right. There are some who are wanting to be the CEO pretty quickly too. But there is those who are wanting to learn and, and go forward and they're not really finding those strong enough leaders. And then if you couple that with what you've said as well, I think it's, it's, it's uh, so right and so spot on that we need to sort of be aware of this and make sure that we're actually moving along with things too. Because lucky to have a job versus lucky to have me in your organization. I, I like how you've, you've put that too, because even if you think about it today and what we're noticing as a result of the pandemic, they're calling this thing called the great resignation, but we're, we're seeing it a lot already and people are deciding to move on. They've, they've had enough of the pandemic where it's woken them up a bit about life. They've also upskilled themselves throughout the period of time when they were in lockdown and now they want to go off and do that kind of stuff and and good on them and so for a lot of leaders i always just say they go to me oh but all my like, i'm losing so many people the attrition rate and i'm like yeah okay cool but you know what you've got a group of talented people still there what are you doing to make sure you look after them and retain them because if you don't wake up and do that they'll be gone as well so yeah, it's interesting to see how all that goes. And so yeah, I think that's it's almost like uh, the way I look at it, Matt, is you know how in the real estate industry you've got a buyer's market and then you've got the seller's market, right? I think we've almost gone right now to the employee's market. In other words, they're, they're sort of holding things in their hand, and um, but leaders also need to wake up a little bit too. Yeah, they do. And I think you're right when you say that actually, you know, you've got to work hard to retain staff. So you 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you, the assumption was you're here to stay. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to do anything to keep, I might give you a pay rise every four years and then I'm good. But I think you have to do an awful lot more now to retain people as leaders and, and quite rightly so too. You know, I, th I think it's important that people are treated as people rather than commodities. And, um, and you, I think if you're in a leadership position and you're not if you if you're not actively retaining people, mm -hmm. you will lose people. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I'm going to get you to get your crystal ball out now and start thinking about the future here. Where do you, where do you see leadership being in five years? I think for me, one of the things which has happened over the last few years, and I, I think it is is on the whole has been a profoundly good thing, is the rise of awareness of a lack of diversity in the boardroom. Yeah. And so 
you know, a lack of female leadership, a lack of different cultural leadership. And, and we've seen that and we've, we've had awful lots of conversations about that. And I think over the next few years, we will reap the rewards of changes which we have put into place now going forward. And we will see an increase. Um, I'm hoping we will see an increase of uh, female leadership and leadership, uh, you know, from the BAME community and all that sort of stuff. We will hopefully see that come in more and more. And there'll be more and more opportunities around that. I'm really excited by it. I mean, I predominantly worked in a company with women. I mean, our first real e-commerce business was beauty. So that was, I had to employ women. Do you know what I mean? We had to have a leadership board, which was, uh, which was female. Super excited for the world that, that brings everybody together where everybody can work together as opposed to disparately in their own silos, but where we can work together and bounce ideas off each other. And I think, I think that will be an amazing thing to happen. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping will happen. My fear is the quality of leadership is going to decline and I say this because I think this is what is happening at the current stand. I think the quality of leadership is declining quite rapidly because leadership changes quite massively. And I think people aren't keeping up and I think people don't feel like it's worth it. And so I think the quality of good, honest, authentic, transparent, humble leadership is sadly lacking right now. And this is part of the reason why I think we need a diversity in the boardroom. Uh, if I'm honest with you, and I, I hope that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. I think it's, and I totally agree with you. I think it's we need it, and I've I've worked in organisations whereby in the HR space, and it's been very uh, predominantly females as well, and great to work with. Bring so many great ideas. Bring balance to the room. Uh, it's really one, wonderful to see. And so, yeah, I think yeah, I think it's right. And and yeah, the other one I thought when you said about the fear, but the real authentic, transparent, vulnerable, humble kind of leader, that is really, really needed big time. But then I also hope that we don't sort of just use the diversity to, as a tick in the box and we're bringing people in and we're not bringing the right talent in and the right people based on what you've just said there too. So there's that balance between both of them. I think it's really, really important. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I think of my kids and I think I just wonder what they're going to go into, Jermaine, is in, mm. in the workforce. And I wonder what my grandkids will go into in the workforce if it, if culture carries on and society carries on the root and self-destructive path that it seems to be on in a lot of these areas. I'm not, hopefully I'm not being a, you know, prophecy of doom or anything like that. I'm just being a realist that I, I just think there are so, there's so much self-destructive behavior. There is so much polarization and happening, you know, certainly in America. And, and certain in the UK to some extent now. And the whole cancel culture thing is, is just stopping conversation dead in its track. And I, and I, it's the wrong kind of leadership. If leaders, for me, leaders aren't people that say, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to you because I disagree with your political view. A leader's going to go, I want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you because I want to, I want to, I want to have a conversation. I want to see this from a different point of view because that's humble. That's humility. It's an arrogance which says, no, I've got it right. You're wrong. Therefore, you're you're worthless as a human being and i i just i i struggle with it i i whether it's the left or the right whether it's political or what I, it doesn't matter that for me i i think needs to change well i think it goes back to something you said earlier on people want to be heard and and that's not just heard from one side it has to be heard from both sides from from all areas and having that ability to sit down and have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and have that chat is missing and we do definitely need to do that but not but also listen to each other too so yeah hey matt thank you so much for joining us on today's show if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you where should they go 
Uh, great. Yeah. The best place to get hold of me is through my website, mattedmondson.com. All the links to all my social media is on there, but I'm on Instagram as at mattedmondson. I'm on LinkedIn to search for Matt Edmondson and I'll be on there. But yeah, just mattedmondson.com and everything, everything will be linked from there. It's like magic. Nice. Very good. Matt, once again, hey, absolute pleasure talking with you today. So thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it, Dennis. Really enjoyed this conversation about leadership. So thank you. Thank you. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Share them with your friends, your family, your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me, please send me a fee email on Dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. That's feedback on the show. Or if you have a question for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode. If you haven't already checked out the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, come along. We'd love to see you at those different sort of communities. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 